Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 347 and it is Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right. And joining us live in the Codex Prime studios, we have actor uh, Anderson Tejeda. Uh, you can find him in such films such as uh, Nico, A Quiet Road, The Hurt We Share, and The Burden of Nine Lives. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Very excited to uh, talk it up with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll chop it up. We'll talk a bit about your work, you know, about your about your life and uh, like mutual interests. And, you know, we'll see where the conversation takes us. You know, Codex Prime will be usually nerded up uh, every, every week, uh, Tuesdays on Facebook. Um, before, we, before we get started proper, as Carl is sharing the episode, I just want to give a huge shout out to all of our uh, all of our uh, listeners, our audience. Thank you for watching and listening to our show uh, every week, whether you catch us on Facebook Live or on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, whatever your favorite podcasting platform of choice is. Uh, thank you for just, you know, checking this out. You know, we're approaching 350 episodes in the next uh few weeks which is <laughs> incredible uh but yeah we're, we're we're doing it um and you know we're just keeping the codex prime train going growing oh man i missed the the big 350 i should have waited a little bit he's <laughs> coming up <laughs> that's yes that's what i'm saying is if i would have waited i would have been on 350 yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh but hey you never know you if you wanted to come back for 350 by all means but uh but yeah, um, but yeah, Anderson. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, as Carl sharing the episode, um, just want to want to begin begin the conversation. Uh, we'll begin at the beginning, as we always do with our guests. So uh, you know, talk to us about you know where you're from originally and uh, what led you to acting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was uh, born in New Jersey, but I always joke around and say that doesn't count because we moved to Rhode Island when I was four. So I don't remember New Jersey. Um, so pretty much a Providence kid um through and through um i started acting in the seventh grade with a performing arts class that my middle school offered and of course i got cut the next class because hey fuck the arts right <laughs> um so that went dormant for a bit um <clears throat> started dancing in high school reconnected with uh well not reconnected sorry connected with somebody with another dancer who was into the film industry his name is Lionel severino he's out in new jersey now shout out to him um, he started his own production company out there and everything, but he was uh, interested in film and everything. And I was like, click, hey, you need an actor? Um, and then we kind of chopped it up for a bit. And uh, that kind of like started to rekindle that. Went to college and decided that I wanted to minor in theater. That didn't happen because I dropped out of college. But um, so a lot of acting happened there. And then I've just been following it through and through ever since. Okay, yeah, and um, and was a uh, what was acting always something that you had a passion for? Something that you just like just got into like intentionally, or just something that you just kind of like stumbled into? It was like, oh, okay, so this looks interesting. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both accidental and something that I've always wanted to do, right? Because like growing up as a kid with my brother, me and him would just always kind of uh, play pretend uh, for hours on end and everything and then I somehow magically ended up in a performing arts class and it was like oh this is kind of cool because it's very similar um because I I will always refuse to call acting pretending uh because acting is not pretending acting is becoming 
Um, and I will, I will. You hit to the bottom of the ocean with that. Oh, one. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will die on my hill with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I forget who said that quote, but uh, you know, put a you can Google it later and put it in the credits and whatnot uh, <laughs> in the show notes. Um, and uh, I kind of lost where I was going, but uh, right. Yeah, so the performing arts class is kind of what solidified it, and that's that was accidental because they were just kind of like, "Here's your class schedule, mm-hmm. go," okay. um, and then just after that, it's been nonstop. Yeah, and uh, and it's interesting that you say that like acting is uh, becoming, uh, not pretending. Um, and I've always and I've always been fascinated, like as a as a huge like film buff here, like I've always been fascinated with the with the acting process. Um, like, uh, can you talk a bit about like maybe your process in acting, as far as like um, like discovering a character or inhabiting a role or making choices on the set? Like, what kind of intrigues you about that whole uh, process from start to finish? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's see. I'm breaking it down in my head. So obviously, it starts with the script, right? It's like, oh, do I like the story? Cool. This is the character I'm playing. Cool. So I always give my script the first read through. Um, just that I get an idea of the story, get an idea of what's going on, just overall read beginning to end, figure that out. Then I go back, read it again. This time I'm highlighting my lines just to kind of get the memorization started. Um, and then I go back the third time and start making those notes. It's like, what is my goal in this scene? What is my goal in that scene? What's my overall goal? Um, you know, and everybody has their own preferences when it comes to techniques. Like I'm sure you guys have heard of like Meisner, uh, Stanislavski, Stanislavski uh, Uda, Uda Hagen. Um, and I think it's very important just to kind of find which pieces of those techniques work for you um, and just kind of tailor it to yourself to effectively be able to use them. Uh, just because I just don't think that a one technique, it's just it, once acting is not a, a one size fits all, right? Especially just like because everybody's going to play different characters. We have different types and then just different life experiences altogether. Um, and just when you're getting ready to play this character, it's a lot of it is you in that given circumstance. So you're drawing on your own life experiences, um, and that's that's gonna help it make it more real, mm-hmm. and not feel like you're just watching somebody pretend to be something else. Um, which is when you get performances like Heath Ledger as the Joker, right? He's, he's not pretending to be the Joker; he is the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Oh, right on, yeah. And um, and as they're and as you're thinking about like the whole the whole process of acting as well, um, like are there are there other actors that you that you find that you draw inspiration from as far as like how they approach roles or even like just like their overall like body of work? Al Pacino, hmm. I he's 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 the bar of set for myself that I'm looking to uh, pass. Um, yeah. You know, because he's just. He's a goat when it comes to acting. Like, come on, who's gonna top Al Pacino? Yeah, it's like either it's him and like De Niro, and before them it was uh, Brando, who kind of set the standard as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm just, and it's it's just crazy because it's you know everybody knows Pacino for his his mob movies and his gang movies and that those, but when you see him in something like Dog Day Afternoon, Insomnia, um, what's the one he did with Matthew McConaughey? Uh, two for the money two for the money yeah yep. um like it's just it's, the man's range is wild and he just he he knocks it out the park every time yeah 
and like and speaking of Pacino, like I don't know if you've seen like the, there were two of his movies that he did um um like early in his career. There was one, I think like the first movie he did called Panic at Needle Park. I think it came out in like the late sixties, like sixty seven. That was like I think I think it was his debut role um on, on, on film. That's one you should definitely check out. I'm going to find it. Yeah, cause I think he played like kind of like a sort of like a drug addict or something kind of like struggling with drug addiction. Um, so that one was pretty interesting. And then there's another one that was pretty controversial for its time. It was directed by William Friedkin. It was called Cruising, and he plays a, he plays a detective who's uh, infiltrating the New York City underground like gay bar scene, and he's hunting for a serial killer. And that one was like it was it was pretty it's pretty risque even even back then. It was like wow, Pacino, <laughs> like, like a name actor is taking this kind of role. It's like, what are these? <laughs> Uh, the first one is uh, Panic in Needle Park, and the second one is Cruising. Yeah, so I'm going to definitely ask about those again later because, yeah, I need to go on a Pacino binge journey. Oh, yeah. um, but funny funny you say detective just to kind of uh, segue into something else. It was um, my last two roles that I've done have both been detectives, and that's, that's by choice. That's by design because uh, I have a dream role to play Sherlock Holmes. Um, and I'm currently just tailoring my life to do that. So it's it's gonna it's it's fun to just kind of do these case studies of how does this guy play a detective, how does this guy play a detective, and then kind of figuring out what I like, and then also using that mm-hmm. to figure out how to make Sherlock my own. Because just in our gener- like within the last decade, we've had last decade or two, we've had three. Sherlock's right. You have Benedict Cumberbatch, Robert Downey Jr., and Johnny Lee Miller in Elementary. Great show. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. Um, and I love all their uh, interpretations of the character, right? Because you have Robert Downey Jr., who's the most canon of the three. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is probably the like just the wittiest of the three. He, he has the best quips. And then Johnny Lee Miller is the most humanized Sherlock Holmes because uh, in Elementary they focus more on kind of what his drug addiction does to him um because you know in the books sherlock is always shooting up or uh sniffing up you know yeah i thought elementary was supposed to be like the descendants of like sherlock holmes and watson no it's so they actually they they uh it's sherlock holmes and they gender bent watson so it's lucy lou right uh as joan watson and she she knocked it out the park. She was great, great. In, in that. Um, but no, it was obviously not canon, but um, very much Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And so, yeah. so what do you believe is the most challenging aspect of being an actor? Oh, man. The most challenging is remembering... All right, so there's, there's two really big challenges uh, being an upcoming actor right uh number one is paying your bills um <laughs> but i think that's a challenge I, that's for everybody just right the, that that's just, just across, across the board, board. <laughs> right that's something we can all relate to uh but no a, a big challenge specifically for acting is remembering that you are a professional human being um because <clears throat> when you're acting your job is to portray this human who has this life, who has these past experiences that are not necessarily your own. Obviously, you can draw on your own to build on it. Um, But it's just, at the end of the day, we are professional human beings. Um, That's that's what we get paid to do. And you have to be in tune with your emotions, which, you know, if you grow up, like, 
I did in the traditional Dominican household. Men don't cry or, you know, just all that masculinity stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's, you have to be really in tune with your emotions so you can draw on which ones you need at what time. You need to understand yourself as a person so you know how to bring these inner parts of yourself out, um, know the good and the evil within you so you can use that. And yeah. yeah. So what do you think is the uh, more important to an actor, talent or training? Training, because I, I will go back to, to another quote that I've seen on social media all the time, right? Is uh, training will, hard work will, uh, what is it? Hard, hard work will outgrow talent if talent doesn't work hard or something like that. Yeah. Um, and like my favorite example to bring up is Ed Sheeran. Have you guys heard Ed Sheeran before he could sing? No. No. So he actually has an interview. Um, I forget who it's with, but uh, he's talking about how people are like, they'll come up to him and be like, oh my God, you're so talented. Like he must've been born with it and this and that. And he's like, nope, mm -mm, not the case. And he pulls out his phone and he's like, you want to see what I sounded like before? And so he starts talking about like, no, like he, he went through a lot of training and did this and that. Um, and now his mom sells his old CDs on eBay. Um, where he sounds horrible but like if you listen to he played it on national television he's like this is what I used to sound like and it's just like oh my god is that still Ed Sheeran? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> from from his vocals to the guitar playing it was it was just bad but obviously now he's not Right. so like he worked hard and I think when people start to focus on being talented it's almost like they put this wall in front of themselves it's almost a barrier to themselves and they do a disservice to themselves because like i'm talented i should be making it like what's going on mm -hmm. but it's just talent is never enough to get you where you need to be uh because if you want to make a living doing any kind of art you need to understand that there's a business side to it as well yes um so you can have all the talent in the world but if you have no business sense you're getting nowhere nowhere fast um so, you know, if you're working hard, you're going to figure out, okay, I've practiced, now what? You're going to learn really quick that you got to do some marketing. And that just kind of trickles down from there. But if you're talented, you kind of automatically go, I have the talent. Mm -hmm. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's it's like you it's like that whole like marriage between like art and commerce where it's like you can have all the talent, the skill and the training. But you do have to have that uh, that additional we'll go over that additional barrier of like putting yourself out there and getting your name recognized, right? Even you, if it's something that you're not entirely comfortable with doing. Exactly, you legit become an entrepreneur. Like once you have like something like this, you you have to become an entrepreneur. Absolutely, or partner with somebody who has that mindset. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, what is it that like keeps you like keeps you going and keeps you motivated? Like keep you motivated? Because I know I'm sure like there's some times where you do get discouraged and like, yeah, okay, I can't, I can't land this role, or I can't get this, I can't seem to like get what they need for this part. So, what is it that like keeps you grinding? Oh man, um, the biggest part of that it has to be my support system from from my girlfriend to my family. Um, they know what I want to do and they've supported it from the beginning. Um, as soon as I've made it clear that 
this is what I want to do. Uh, I think it also helps that I've convinced myself that I have no other choice but to do this. Um, you know, like, uh, was it Will Smith? I believe it was Will Smith. No plan B for your A game. No. Um, that's a book. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith's quote is, uh, Oh, That's man. a good quote, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, wow, I'm drawing a blank. Mm. I like a no plan B for your A game. That's good. Yeah. That's all right. We good. that's yeah. that's Bo Eason. We'll we'll just we'll yeah. just go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll just we'll just go with that one. <laughs> oh my God. So how entirely mm-hmm. how do you research for roles? Um. So. Well, the very, 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 very first step for, you know, those of you who want to uh, become an actor um, out there listening right now is figure out your type um, is one of the first things you need to do. And I know, like, people are always worried about, oh, but then I'm going to get pigeonholed. Then I'm not going to be able to book other roles. I'm not going to be able to do this. And it's like, well, if you get pigeonholed, that means you're working. Right. I've heard that. And I mean, it's the same when it comes to business. Right. What do they tell you when you're starting a business? Who's your target audience? What's your niche? Right. So why would acting be any different? It's a business at the end of the day. Yeah. Like as as art focused as it is, um, you still need to like we were just talking about business. Yeah. <laughs> you like I, I've business heard Mike Starr say, like, okay, it's better to be typecasted than not casted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so that that would be like the first thing that I would say. And obviously, that's gonna take so that that will take some time, right? Because you're gonna be like, okay, let me audition for everything. I'm not getting this, but I'm getting this. Let me audition more for this. Um, and then you have, uh, the, and where you can find auditions is uh, casting websites like Backstage, Actors Access, uh, even IMDb has. Uh, it's not. I don't know if it's their casting website, but you can get to a casting website through IMDb. Okay. I think it's uh, New York Castings. Um, definitely do some background work before you go out there so you get familiar with how set works. Um, and it's nice to get that proof of concept. Like, oh, I'm on a movie set and I got paid to be here. That's awesome. Like, uh, my first uh, my first background gig was uh, on a movie that... It was Poker King with Jack Black, the Poker King uh, Netflix movie. And it was my first time working on a film set. And I had to call out of work that day to be on the film set, which I did. Because I was like, oh, you're paying me more. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And you're pursuing your dream. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you it's, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. It's like, hey, yeah, not coming in today. All right, let's and have some fun. And you're like, hey. Yeah, the, just look at it. Yeah, you look at it this way. Like. <laughs> and the cool thing is, uh, that was actually a, a featured extra because it's a, there's a red carpet scene in it uh, where the Jack Black's character is going to the Grammys, um, and you can see me walking behind them. So that's that was like pretty cool. But you know, it's it's nice to see yourself on the screen and get that proof of concept. And once you get that proof of concept, it's like all right. Let's do this. Yeah, because um, actually, uh, I just bought, you know, Good Burger 2 just came out. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my sister was actually one of the dancers in it. Hey. So, like, and she was also a dancer in uh, Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, wow. So, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, that's exciting, on, like, on my end. Yeah, that's very yeah. exciting. I mean, like, just any time that I can get on set, I'm excited. So, and then it's, it's, it's weird because people i feel like don't really realize how much filming actually happens in rhode island Mm. um 
like if you if you want to do a quick little throwback, me myself and Irene with Jim Carrey. Love yeah. that movie. Rhode Island. Yeah. Series Nosferatu. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Heard it. I've actually drove by them filming that in Woonsocket. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Meet Joe Black was at uh, Aldridge Mansion. Another scene where Goldberger 2 was at. Yeah. Um, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber 2, but I think that was like a studio and they just happened to put Haven Brothers right there. <laughs> um, no, nah, there was a good amount of like films that were filmed in Rhode Island. Yeah. Oh, Underdog. Yep. Yeah. Brotherhood, yeah. the Showtime show. This is, we yeah. could go on and on. And I don't know if it's, I think it's a combination, right, of just the proximity we have with New York and Boston. And then also we have good filming incentives, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know if this has changed, but a few years back, um, somebody had told me that if your budget for filming is 10000 or less, you don't need a permit. Hmm. Just go out and shoot. Uh, definitely, you know, Google that, make sure, because like, don't quote me on that. Yes. Yeah. Things change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> You'll have so many people just going yeah. out here filming guerrilla style. <laughs> Listen, that's how we got it done. <laughs> yeah, for, you're not in any Tubi movies, are you? Yeah. <laughs> we have, yeah. we've, we've done some Tubi roasted. I'm sure probably like the good ones, not the. It's uh, actually the Hurt We Share was on Tubi. But listen, Tubi's coming up. They 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 did a purge of just kind of like a bunch of content that used to be on there because what the the strategy that they went with it seems is give us all the content so we have things to show and now they're getting licenses for like bigger things right like Devil's Advocate with Pacino and Keanu Reeves is on there mm-hmm. Birds of Prey is on there for a few more days um, there's a series that I've been wanting to watch since I was like 21 um, called Hannibal mm-hmm. is on yeah. Tubi now. Um, so they're coming up. Don't sleep on Tubi. They yeah. coming up. They coming up. Oh, he's been. We've been snoring. On Tubi. <laughs> oh, like like Tubi has a lot of legit movies. No, they do. <laughs> they do to movies and TV sh- TV shows. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was just like I think Tubi was, which is which is cool for them to do. Was like, all right, we can give young. It's a shot. Up, yeah, we're giving filmmakers a shot. Mm-hmm. Are they always good? No. <laughs> but that's how it's gonna be when you're taking everybody's content. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. You gotta and then take you, a bitter end of sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you'll get your gems and be like, oh, we don't have to take this one down. Mm-hmm. You know, and that person is excited that their stuff is still on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's actually another Rhode Island one. We, there's a cup. There's pray for the bear that Stanley uh, Stanley Bois. Mm-hmm. He shot a couple, and then there was another one, and I. The name forgets me right now. They just put the trailer out now. But it's like a lot of like local locals mm. just be like, yo, let's do a movie. Screw <laughs> That's yeah. how it happened. Yeah, uh, The Hurt We Share was actually on Tubi. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if it still is, but that's that's where it landed. Okay. So. Interesting. I'll have to, we'll have to hunt, it down, hunt it down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and speaking of your movies, um, I, I noticed that you've had a, a few collaborations with uh, writer director uh, Vega Montanez. Uh, what, what's what's that partnership like working with working with them? Yeah, we we go back. I want to say like ten years, almost ten years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's funny because uh, <laughs> a mutual friend introduced us, uh, and he was like how do you feel about playing this role? And I was like, I'm down. Like, I'll take a role. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, all right. Fast forward. 
we we get in uh we're still in touch and everything um and then he ends up talking to me about a sitcom um and it's a completely different role from what he talked to me all those years prior mm-hmm. so we do the sitcom which didn't land on anything i don't think we ever really finished it but it was fun um finished that and then he facetimes me one day and i pick up because if if vega's calling you you probably should pick up because it means he probably has an opportunity with as much as uh, with as much as he hates talking on the phone if he's calling you he probably has a job offer uh, <laughs> you um, don't ghost <laughs> you don't ghost him. Yeah, nope <laughs> no uh so he's like hey all right and this is this is where we uh might start to get a little controversial but <laughs> he's like how would you feel about playing a gay character and i was like yeah i'll do it <laughs> um which is actually the hurt we share and is actually the role that he had mentioned all those years ago when we first met. And so it was just funny to see that come uh, full circle. And then ever since then, he's just like, hey, this is when we're filming the next movie. Hey, this is when we're filming the next movie. This is your role. All right, here's your contract. Um, And just handling the business. Like um, one of my favorite projects that I've worked on was something he wrote. Uh, It was It's called Nico. Um, which is a it's a crime thriller, and played a detective, and that was just I felt like a superstar. Like they paid for my travel, paid for my hotel, and it was just they treated me right. And then like the crew that we worked on with that on that set with we it's, it's all like this. Like the way that everybody just cohesively worked together was just something out of this world. And then we went to shoot Burden and Nine Lives. Um, which is an action thriller, same crew, you know, <clears throat> some of the same people, some of the same cast. Um, and it was another phenomenal time. Although filming in New York on an indie budget can get very hectic, if for no other reason than travel and parking. Mm-hmm. That was fun. I understand that. <laughs> I, that was I, I, fun. Can, I can understand that. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I'd rather just Uber to the set. Yeah, <laughs> just Uber to. Yeah, well, they were smart. They got a Sprinter van. But uh, <laughs> to to bring that back full circle, Vega, that's that's my brother from another mother, and uh, he's been holding it down for a minute now. Nice. So, uh, are there any interests in like venturing out doing? Other, you know, doing more than just acting, possibly like getting behind the camera and doing some directing or doing some writing at all. Yeah, so I'm actually planning to write my first feature through December. Um, just do like a few pages every day and bang that out, uh, you know, because it gets cold in December and I don't like the cold. Imagine. And no film stuff really happens in December, so it's a great time to write. Um, I definitely want to direct something down the line. I just don't know when. Kind of really focus on just honing my craft as an actor um, until that's established and settled. And then I'll start thinking about if or when I want to direct something. Has there ever been a role where, like, even from past roles, you would just, like, watch a movie and be like, you know what? I would have done this with this character. Or I would have done, like... I'm actually starting to do that now. Oh. um, Where I'll see them and I'm like why did he do it that way because if i was in this role i'd do this and that but the funny the, the funny thing is i'll have a really close friend of mine he'll he'll be watching a movie he'll be like you could have done that better bro 
you know how your friends hype you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was you. That's all you. You could play that role. Oh, my God. my God. When she hears another DJ, like, no, you're so much better. I'm like, no, I would have just done this differently. I would have mixed this song differently. I would have blended this beat differently with, that, with those lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, um, I noticed uh, one of uh, one of the moves that you did was uh, uh, a quiet place, which is like a, a quiet a, road. All quiet road. That yeah. one actually hasn't come out yet. That one is kind of uh, in post production. Okay. In those stages, we're kind of wait. I'm I'm still waiting to hear to see what's gonna exactly happen with that. Okay. Um, I know Vega has been posting about it coming soon, mm-hmm. um, but you know, soon can mean anything. Yeah. So uh, we'll have to circle back to that one. But that one's a it's a horror film. It's a horror film. It was right that, that was fun down. to shoot, um, and uh, not much more I can say about that one. Okay, as of right now, right. who's a dream director that you would like to work with? Nolan, Christopher Nolan. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen like, Oppenheimer? Oh my god, yes. And I I need to buy it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I've got the 4K steel book. Best buy. Oh, oh. Yeah, Vic, Vic, he gets the fanciest of packaging. <laughs> that's his re- that's been his reputation for like since the dawn of since the dawn of COVID. <laughs> All or nothing for you. Uh largely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's okay. I'm just saying I'm the, I'm the same way too. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I, you can't even knock it. You can't. Collect yeah, right? yeah. It's yeah. like, you know. Somebody's um, gonna pay big bucks for it after you die, so it's your kid's inheritance (laughs) you know what that is definitely true indeed this is how you spend it to convince your parents it's a good investment (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) she knows my girl is sick of my comic collection (laughs) like she gets it but she's just like alright this is this is a lot (laughs) yeah you practically have a store at this point nope I do not I got a lot, but <laughs> I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it a. Story. You don't. You don't have a small local comic book shop right now. Down the street, Rock Cocos. <laughs> he says somebody else week. is doing it. I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there every week. Oh, it's already. They're already. I already picked my beneficiary. I already got my beneficiary. So. <laughs> Those are already like picked up. It's just got to be like, you know, on paper, yeah. and notarized. <laughs> and notarized. <laughs> And uh, oh, and also like in, in your in your experience as an actor, um, are there any like crucial differences between acting on film and acting on the stage? And um, would you want to uh, do more stage stage work? So, you know, part of me knew that question was going to come. Um, I'm actually a stage actor first, um, so I, I I come from the theater, and I prefer the theater. The only issue is theater doesn't pay like film does anymore. Um, so. If you want to make a living, you either uh, go on Broadway or do film. Um, but my personal favorite is being on stage. You get on there and you just go for an hour and a half, two hours, however long the play is. You just act. Nobody's stopping you. Nobody's yelling cut. And then you're also getting the reaction from the audience, which whether you realize it or not is going to boost you because, you know, we all feed off of each other's energy. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, if I, in a perfect world, I'd pick the stage every time. Mm, really? um, the key differences, I'd say, to answer your question, the biggest one, the two biggest ones are that, A, in film, the editor can save you. Mm. 
um, which is one of my favorite stories to tell. Uh, I was taking a film class in college and my professor started talking about Harrison Ford and she was like, he can't act. All he does is raise his eyebrow. And she started talking about how the way they cut him and everything made him look like this big badass Han Solo and everything. So that was really funny to hear. Um, so that's A. And then B is listening, right? Not just hearing your scene partner, but listening to them. If you're on film and I'm supposed to say, hey, how are you? And I say, hey, how you've been? Cut. That wasn't your line. Let's go again on stage hey how are you versus hey how have you been mm-hmm. right um because if somebody asks you how have you been it it's kind of an example i thought up on the spot so it might not be the best one but how have you been you're not gonna say i'm good you'd probably say i've been good because it makes more sense right now you're both talking in the past tense versus like hey how are you i'm good mm-hmm. um so it's really important to be listening to each other so that you can pick up on that and that'll also because obviously a big part of the stage is uh knowing your lines like by heart so another part of listening is you guys are going and oh i forgot my line you're gonna have to do something to let your co-star know hey i need help over here um and then i'm gonna so a, a store for example Perfect, perfect example of this is a story that a uh, um, a theater friend of mine he t- he told me he he was doing a play, and in this particular scene, the his scene partner was supposed to barge in, and the place is a mess. So his line is supposed to be something along the lines of like, "What is this mess?" Mm-hmm. Um, so the dude comes in one night, right? They're at this scene. He comes on stage. And he's walking back and forth on the stage. My friend is sitting there and he's like, oh, he forgot his lines. And he goes, oh, and by the way, excuse the mess, which brought him to go, oh, yeah, and I don't know why you have this mess here and da 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 da. So it's like, you know, if they weren't listening to each other, that connection, connection is the key word, would have never happened. Gotcha. So now, have you ever just like, are you in a position now where it's like you, um, you when you watch movies, you just look at them from a totally different perspective than how like you would have watched them, like say as a kid, like if you would have watched like, I don't know, Three Ninjas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like yeah, and you're like, oh well, you know what? This actor didn't do this. This actor didn't do this. You know. Funny enough, um, so I, I really only look at one thing with actors, um, which is like, how much hand movement are you doing, right? Like, does it does it align with what you're saying? Does it fit your character? Or are you just doing it because you're nervous? I pay more attention to when I'm watching a movie, more the behind the camera stuff. So it's like, how's the cinematography? Um, the music choices, the scene selection, the mise-en-scene, all that good stuff, which... I know it's it's kind of like a whole shift where it's like, you know, as an actor, you think I'd watch the other actors and be like, but 
something happens in here where it's just like, oh my god, that shot is beautiful. How'd they do it? What crane is it on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, no, I totally get it because I did train. I did train to be a wrestler years ago. So once, like, I started, you know, once I started learning, I started seeing things from a whole different point, you know, perspective. So like, and now, you know, since the curtains more yeah pulled back, much more. It's, pretty much torn down yeah at this point it's like okay i get it but since i was involved i'm like all right i know why they did it this way or how they did it this way or you know and so forth so. yeah now that you mentioned that um I'm, I'm kind of i it made me realize that i'm it, it has made me a harsher critic of actors especially when i'm watching a play that's when i'm watching something on stage that's definitely when i'm like watching the actor and just like really just being nitpicky and everything and and uh one of the things that i oh, it's it's one of my biggest pet peeves and it, it irks me so much like in a theater a standing ovation no longer really means anything because they gave everybody a standing ovation um so i refuse to do it unless i firmly believe that they deserve it right. uh, hasn't happened often um but that's 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 uh very interesting to me that people just stand up or just about anything nowadays and i'm just like yeah it could mean? be a matter of uh politeness i suppose <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean yeah he's like you know you worked hard for this you you worked hard for this no. wasn't great but you worked hard for this <laughs> i want to earn it damn it <laughs> exactly, yes exactly right so i need to be able to tell is this performance better than the last one i don't know now because you stood up for both Standing ovations are participation trophies. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's what it's come to. It's what it's come to. Like I get it. It's it's not an easy thing to do to be on stage. But I mean, just because it's not an easy thing to do, doesn't necessarily mean they should be rewarded just for doing it. Yeah, it kind of makes me like going back to a wrestling analogy. It kind of makes me think of the chant "This is awesome," which you would hear in every uh. other match, even when they're <laughs> doing just like you know, just the basics. You know, would you chant "This is awesome" at a I don't know a Nia Jax match? Probably I, not. Probably not, unless uh, Raquel's Tahana bombing her. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I don't. I love Nia Jax, so he trolls me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that woman. <laughs> Uh yeah, she's she's terrible. Anyway, um, but <laughs> she ain't Tyrus. Isn't she? she no, she, she ain't. <laughs> she, she is. She is not. <laughs> she is not. Yeah. Next AEW signee and right back. <laughs> 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 oh, he's been. So we did discuss. Oh. You are a wrestling fan. <laughs> yes, but I will. I will uh, uh, be transparent and say that I. Uh, how long ago has it been? Like I, I fairly recently got back into it. Okay. So I've missed a lot of like the middle stuff okay. up to this point, but uh, I've been watching it now long long enough again to to talk about what's going on. Okay. Oh, the only thing that matters was on this weekend. Apparently, <laughs> it's been yeah. the big news, and I'm sitting there like, okay, how are we gonna talk about this? I was like, we have a guest, but then by the time we can really talk about it, it'll be old news. <laughs> That's why I was like, you wrestling fan? You said yes. I'm like. Boom. Let's you get, get keep, it. <laughs> you get to keep the 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 recentness of it. Yeah, yeah you have to. <laughs> oh yeah. And and speaking of which, we're talking about uh, the return, the WWE return after ten years of CM Punk. Pepsi Phil. 
yep, fragile Philip. He comes back, <laughs> um, and uh, and he came back in the last like seven minutes of of Raw, uh, uh, yes, last night, and he basically cut a, a, a disingenuous, what I felt was a disingenuous babyface promo, like you know, um, you know, I'm you know, I'm back home. You fans are home, and I'm like, wait a minute home it wasn't just the same man who who when in his aew debut just two years ago said oh in 2005 i left professional wrestling in 2021 i'm back in professional wrestling hmm and he's he's calling the wwe fans home hmm. so he, what, what he should have said what he should have said was i left sports entertainment in 2014 in 2023 i'm sports entertaining again baby <laughs> and 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 like the, but the, the 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 one the one honest line he said wasn't during his wasn't during his promo to the crowd, it was it was to the camera when he was yep. off mic. He said, "I'm not here to make friends. I'm, I'm here, here to, to make, make money. money." And that was the truest and only honest thing that he said in that entire promo. Mm. So now so now if um I, I, so now I would say that with with uh with with the return of Cash Money Philip, um, <laughs> like. Uh, Taking no foot of all three in twenty four. I'll say like they should definitely like it would make sense if WWE continues to lean in into that aspect of his character, just because we all know that you know how his follow at AEW how that turned out, and and him coming back as like a returning triumphant babyface isn't going to cut the mustard. So just lean yeah. into the fact that yeah he he's a professional asshole. He's a malcontent. You know he's cantankerous. He's cynical. Um, and he's basically just a, a bitter middle-aged man. Just lean into that persona. That's probably the best business decision because then he yeah. gets to do his therapy in the ring as opposed to in the locker room. And I think, and I yeah. think, in a sense, that's what he needs to because, like, he's okay. He he didn't like the micromanagement of WWE. Yeah, especially when it was under Vince. Yeah, yeah. he but was the did? most successful. It, it didn't change <laughs> that much. I mean, there's significant changes, but it didn't change that much. Mm-hmm. But let's just say. But then he was gone. Yep. He came back to uh, AEW. And AEW, it, it seems a little too, there's too much freedom. It's not, I mean, Chavo Guerrero said it, it's not managed enough. Yeah. They gave him too much freedom. QT Marshall announced his departure. Yeah, I saw that today. So it's like, all right, something's going on. So, so I feel like Punk needs that micromanagement because that's where he was the most successful. Mm. Remember, he was in. He wasn't meant to be that successful. He, he was just an indie darling that they signed. Yeah. But then, he grew. Yeah, he grew, grew and, and grew became and one grew. of the biggest, one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Where his, you know, so but he need. I think he needs that, and I think, I mean, I'm hoping. Because I, I don't want to see anybody fail. I've grown to the point where I don't want to see anybody fail. If they're giving him an, another shot, hopefully he had his come to Jesus moment after his fight with Jack Perry. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jack Perry knocked some sense into him. Fingers <laughs> crossed. In a, in a hit. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. and and I'll and I'll echo um, your sentiments as well as like Cody Rhodes when he was at the Survivor Series press conference mm-hmm. and he was asked about CM Punk and I'll I'll echo what Cody said. He said that if if CM Punk can help, like help with the product, then he's all for it. So I'm I'm pretty much the same way. Like if if Punk yeah. can he cannot draws be a detriment, then I'm for it. Yeah, and he draws numbers, so he does. He, he does. You you cannot you cannot deny that, and and it's just they will. He will not be able to get away with what he did in AEW. Oh, 
dog. Not mm-hmm. at all. They are with, like I said, they are, they micromanage a lot. Yeah. Down but, to, the, to the each end wrestler's social media. <laughs> no, they do. No, they de- they definitely do. Because it, it's in a way, because like, it's just trying, they're trying to, it's like with that, they take old school stuff, mm. but evolve it into a new world. So that's why it's like, all right, use use your social medias to help tell this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, keep that kayfabe alive. In, yeah. in, in some way, some in a way where people say like kayfabe is dead, let's you let's use it. Bianca Belair years ago showing up at Selena Vegas's house. Oh, that was hilarious. But <laughs> it worked for this. It worked for the story. Yep. You know I mean, so it's like. Yeah, I mean, it, it is using that aspect. It it evolves it. Mm-hmm. That's why, I, like, I have an understanding of like why they do certain things. And you know, listening to guys like Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff and all that, yep, it's yep. like, yeah, some people view Bruce as old, but slowly but surely he does evolve. And then you can kind of like learn, like, okay, why we do this. So we'll take some old school aspects and merge it into today. And yeah handle the business and i mean it's kind of just how you keep going if it ain't broke don't fix it and then but you definitely gotta keep up with the times exactly um no and it's uh i know everybody's talking about cm punk and everything but the one i was really excited about was randy orton and that was good yeah that was good we didn't like when the hype started coming up i felt like we just didn't we don't cm punk shows up cool it'll be interesting you that's know? that's what I feel like it is. It's it's interesting because you don't know what's gonna what's happen. Gonna happen. You what's How? he's a firecracker in a bottle. He's like a lo- <laughs> he's a modern day Brian Pillman, a loose cannon. Yeah. So it's like you don't know what's gonna happen next. Whereas like, but WWE didn't need Punk. No. Yeah. I don't. They don't. don't think so. They don't like. They have the Survivor star Series went off, off the air the way it did. People would have still been still been happy. Yep. Oh, yeah, very still happy. Still been happy. It was a great show from top to bottom. It was absolutely, absolutely. And just, I, I was wondering how they were going to do it. Right. I mean, I was from the moment that Cody cut the promo about yes, the Vipers on our team, and you're not just hearing voices in your head. They're right. That was like, that was smooth uh, wordplay by Cody. Yeah, oh smooth wordplay. Cody on the mic is something else. Like it's just I. I rem- Man, that 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 promo is gonna stick with me. Why are you looking at us like we're prey when with us we have the apex predator? And everybody just goes ballistic. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, okay, but they're not showing him yet. How are they going to make this whole like big shtick at uh, Survivor Series? And then Rhea comes out with Priest briefcase. They're about to cash it in. Cue Randy Orton's theme music. I'm like, this is so perfect. Yeah. This is so perfect. <laughs> yeah, that. Was- yeah, that that was that was a that was a pretty that was a pretty exciting moment because it's like oh so this whole time they were using the match just so they can get Priest to cash in on Rollins yeah but then Orton comes out and it's like oof yeah that backfired <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah shout and out I, we got I was just gonna say shout out to J D McDonough for taking that RKO yeah <laughs> he took that super RKO like a champ yeah, yeah he did but I will say this too. Prior, and I sent this video because I'm like, yo, Gunther on the mic when he co- he cooked Miz, yeah. he cooked him. He was like, all those legends before you. Here's how you, I know you didn't belong here. 
all those legends that you mentioned, you got here, and those same legends that you worshipped bullied you. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, Miz, Miz even talked about it where, like, early in his WWE career, he had to get dressed outside the locker room because they wouldn't allow him in there. That's crazy. The chicken story. Yeah, the, have you heard the chicken story? No, I haven't heard the chicken so, story. So, Miz was eating... He was eating chick, like fried chicken next to a wrestler's bag, and he, and that wrestler accused him of getting the grease on the bag. on the bag, and they was like, "No, f that, you can't eat in here, you can't get dressed in here, you're kicked out of this locker room." <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, yeah, those is. Man, those locker room politics is crazy. Because yeah. uh, Miz I, had to get, yeah, he had to get uh, blessed from he had to get a blessing from the Undertaker to come back in. <sighs> oh, that good old wrestler's court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and said wrestler was Chris Benoit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't mention his name. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need reasonably so. Reasonably, no, uh, so. no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. But yeah, that was like. Uh, as a matter of fact, are you? Um, have you heard of the uh, Iron Claw movie that's coming out on the second? Iron Claw movie? No, I, I can't say that. I... It's the story of the uh, famous Von Erich family. So I'm going. Break it down for me, real quick. Okay, so the Von Erich family were the um, was a famous wrestling family in uh, Texas, based out of the uh, world class championship wrestling territory. But that family just seen tragedy one after one like tragedy went through that family like a machine gun there were five brothers uh the oldest one is the only one that's still alive one got sick and the other one got and then the others different circumstances led to them all killing themselves yeah and i think like the youngest one died oldest freak the youngest one died in a freak accident no so there was an older one that died in a freak accident Uh, that was that was yeah um Jackie, their older brother Jackie, gotcha. who was older than Kevin, he died when he was five. Then there was Kevin. Then you had David, Carey, Mike, and uh, Chris. Gotcha. So was is uh, the movie kind of about their family and all that yeah. situation? Yeah, and um, it was funny. I was listening. I was listening to Bruce Pritchard, and he actually ended up seeing. He ended up seeing the movie. Oh, okay. So he said it's good, but you can't think of it as a wrestling movie mm-hmm. because it's not. It's not a wrestling movie. Mm-hmm. Wrestling just happens to be the dra- backdrop. So it's a fa- it's a family movie that tell that's gone through tragedies. Yeah. Like one after one. So you have to think about it. More like a biopic. Yeah, but it's based on so it's not gonna be hundred percent right. yeah, accurate. Because, yeah. you know, that's what twenty you know, twenty years well, ten years of tragedy. Yeah. Good to luck. condense you know, to condense into about an hour and fifty minutes or so. So Yeah. Definitely got to us adapt that for the screen. Yeah, and the yeah. film and the film also stars uh, Zac Efron and uh, Jeremy Allen White. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I'm so surprised when I hear Zac Efron's name in movies and stuff. Like he hasn't been working. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 of, he's doing his thing. Yeah, yeah plenty of t- quality projects. Because you still see High School Musical Zac Efron. Yeah, probably. Probably this is my my subconscious just can't disassociate the two for some reason. <laughs> it, it's and, and and that's the thing and that's the thing with like going back into acting. That's the thing with like typecasting, where it's like you only know. I don't think Chris Evans 
from now on, like, yes, he's done, uh, what was it, Knives Out? Yeah. Yeah. And defending Jacob. But who is he still? When you look at him, he's capped. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's interesting with, um, now that you mentioned Chris Evans, um, there's like, a, there's one, um, one uh, YouTuber, one film, uh, film enthusiast, uh, Patrick H. Willems. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but like uh, he, he has this uh, a popular YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. he talked about uh, one of his latest videos talks about the death of the movie star nowadays. Yep. Where especially when you put it in the context of like superhero films and Marvel, and he, and he puts and he, and he mentions Chris Evans specifically, where if Chris Evans had 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 his career like say like in the '90s or early early 2000s, you would see a lot of films like as with Chris Evans as a marquee name, yep. you'd go to see him. Right. But Chris Evans, despite doing despite doing like you know. A decade's worth of work and successful stuff too yep and successful stuff it's like his name is not a household name captain america is a household name yeah it's like where and even anthony mackie said in an interview he said that anthony mackie's not a movie star the falcon is a movie star so now you're like in this weird space where it's like you know back in the day where you had people can go to see like a tom cruise movie yeah or a denzel movie their names sold a movie but now it's x-men yeah and i, I that's kind of a double-edged sword from my perspective right not that i ever cared about being a star or anything but yes um the the like the superstar in hollywood is dying um but they're also using that to push directors more yeah, that, that too. too i'm yeah. see i'm noticing and like you there was like a few handful of directors that would like get the line yeah line. like steven spielberg did this did this no now i gotta watch it I gotta watch it, but that was only like back in the day. It was only like a handful. Now, now it's starting to more and more yep. like, yeah. directors that I haven't even that I've never heard of, but they've been around for like yep. ever. Yep. And my whole thing too is they should have gotten the credit from the jump. To be Absolutely. honest, to be completely honest, because they steered the shit to have this movie look. You know, unless the studio butchered it, <coughs> Warner Brothers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, they pretty much steered the ship so that you get that product on, on the big screen that you see and it's 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 the director you know obviously the actor brings the character and everything but if you don't have the director everything just kind of goes all over the place right so it's 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 nice to see more directors getting credit for what they're doing and this is coming from an actor yeah, yeah um but it's also pretty cool because it's like you know I don't if nobody recognizes me when I'm grocery shopping <laughs> it's the age of social media somebody will. <laughs> you're right you're right yeah oh man oh man you know what let's play a game uh, we tend to play games now i'm talking to an actor yeah. talking to a cinephile yep i'm just gonna throw out a oh director boy. okay oh boy best movie off the top of your heads okay Best movie off the top of my yep. head. Would I, of, of said director. Is this including my own bias? Right, or do I have to filter that out? Um, um you can, you can include your own opinion. Whatever, yeah. whatever your approach you want to take. Yeah. Best movie? Yes. Uh, so. I said director. Okay. Oh, so, for example, I'm going to go... I'm just going to yell the one out. Ridley Scott. Oh, man. I'm, I'm Three, gonna... two, one. Vic. Uh, Alien. Blade Runner. American Gangster. American Gangster is excellent. <laughs> I was watching it the other day. I'm like, this shit still fucking holds up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wes Craven. Three, oh. 
two, one. Scream. Three, two, one. No, you got me on that one. I have a confession to make because even though I'm an actor, there's, there's a lot of movies I ain't seen. Oh. <laughs> uh, Spike Lee. Three, two, Ooh, one. Do the right thing. Three, two, one. No, you got me again. She hate me. Really? She hate. I enjoy. I surprise. It was a surprise hit for me. It's a surprisingly good good movie. Like, but with any other director, it, it would not. It have would not at all. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> That's that's a wild thing to think about, right? It's like, oh, if you plug anybody else into this, like, it's just not gonna happen. All right. Uh, Christopher Nolan, three, two, one, go. Oh, um, God. Uh, I know so many choices. I know. Uh, I'll go with. I'll go with Interstellar. Three, two, one. And I'm gonna go with Inception. I'm going with Inception too. Hey. I think that was the one. Like he, yeah, yeah, he had like what two or three before then, but Inception was the one that just said. You could still talk this, about it today. Like exactly. Nobody has an answer. No. And you, man, you could talk about it for hours and hours. It's like, yeah. Are they are, are they in a dream? Mm-hmm. No. Yes. Why? And you can make cases for both. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, Russo Brothers, three, two, one, go. Endgame. Three, two, one, go. Oh man, from what I know, I'm gonna have to say Endgame too. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going off the. I'm going off the top, top too. Yes. Um, I, oh, oh, man, I know they man. did something else, but Spielberg, three, two, one, go. Oh man, uh, Schindler's List. He did. He did do Schindler's List. Three, yeah. two, one. This one is just listen, man. You got me because it's just like they're, they're all just jumbled up. So I'm like, uh. <laughs> so you got me. Uh, uh, I'll throw some hits at Spielberg. He did Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Color Purple, uh, Jurassic Park, Hook, um, Saving Private Ryan. Listen, in honor of uh, the director for Nico, I'm gonna have to say Jurassic Park because that's that's his favorite like franchise, and and I love working with him. So I'm gonna Cosmo. Jurassic Park, that's for you. <laughs> you know, funny, the funny thing about Close Encounters of the Third Kind, we didn't see the aliens till like the end of the movie for like two minutes. And the movie's like still good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes Monster in the House movies just yeah. perfect. <laughs> Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis? Zemeckis. Oh, uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit? I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. yeah. How's it for his gum? Yeah, not mad, not mad Despite the fact that it's such a shitty book. <laughs> oh, the book is way different from it the movie. Awful. It, I usually, it usually is. It usually is. It's usually the other way around. The book is usually better than the movie. Yeah. Well, but. you know what it is with the book, too, is when you're reading a book, you get to be the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you paint the pictures yeah. in your head, but the characters in so the never like, thought about that. You, you come in with this preconceived notion already. If you read the book first and then go into the movie, as opposed to like watching the movie first and then reading the book. Mm-hmm. It's like you're gonna have a different perception depending on what order you go about it in. I yeah. never thought. I never thought about that. That's why I haven't watched Aragon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Forrest Gump. That movie. That book is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, and did you did you read the book first? I, no, I watched oh, the movie first. There you go. <laughs> then, I, then I was like, you know what? I, I knew it was a book, and then. I was just like, you know, once I got old enough, I was and I'm like, you know what? Why didn't I just order this book off of Amazon? I'm gonna do it, and probably for what a month, three weeks. 
I was just giving updates about this book, and I'm like, this. It, it just it gets wilder and wilder. Yeah. <laughs> Does it get as wild as It by Stephen King? No. no. <laughs> I haven't read it, but I. Like, we, we've all, like, we've it, all, it, we've all heard the the yeah. stuff that goes on in that book. <laughs> that that book is like, how are you even like? like how would you get how, away with this? <laughs> how are you not in jail? <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you're a legendary writer, I guess. Yeah, no. Uh, but I right? guess you do it. You do it well enough, right? Like, and you don't have any malicious intent. Then it's, you're not really getting away with something. You're just telling a story, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Oh, Ryan Coogler. Three, two, one, go. Black Panther. I'm gonna go with Creed. Okay. Yeah, That's I, a I good one. I, I love, love Creed. Creed. I love Creed. Um. I may go with I'm gonna go. My top three would be Creed, Black Panther, and um, oh my God, the one about Oscar Grant, Fruitvale Station. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I still need to watch that one because that's that's uh, how him and Michael B came up, right? Yes, yes. yes. So we'll put them on the scene. Oh yeah. And uh, and I noticed that a lot too. Like certain directors just have like their go-to <clears throat> actors. Yep. Yep. Um, like uh. Who's the one that works with De Niro all the time? Oh, Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah. Scorsese. Um, Quentin Tarantino. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You build that bond with the director, you good. Oh yeah. No. And I did come across. I did come across like this. Um, I'm always on, I'm on TikTok a lot, but my algorithm's pretty like pretty good. Um. <laughs> Where they did a, it was a Vlad TV doing an interview with Michael Jai White, and they were talking about like who would be the better actor between Denzel and Samuel Jackson. So he had, to, and I remember, I remember sending it to you, sending this to you, and Michael Jai White was like, "All right, let's look at Denzel's work, mm-hmm. and you look at Samuel Jackson's work. You see, like Samuel has a little more range." Than Denzel, like how many comedies have you seen Denzel do? Does he do comedies? Has he done any? Uh, a lot of his roles were very serious. Yeah, he yeah Denzel primarily does dramatic roles. Yeah, yeah. whereas yeah. like Samuel Jackson ha- has done comedies, has done he dramas. He's he killed me in Kingsman when when he brought in the list. With the list, <laughs> that guy. It is just like you could do anything. Oh man, I will say like with with Denzel though, like he's he's one of the greatest actors. Oh absolutely, oh, I'm for there's sure. no not sure. Denzel yeah. at all. And and I'll say like he can still even though like he's so well known, like he can still disappear into a role. Like for example, oh, like yeah. like Malcolm X, Training Day. Uh, flight when he played the drunk uh, pilot. That's a. I recently watched that a couple months ago. That is a great movie. Yeah. Also directed by Robert Zemeckis. He did that too. Yeah. Yeah. He directed that. There you go. And uh, Fences as well, which uh, which Denzel also directed and yeah. started. It was originally a play too. Yeah. August yeah. Wilson. Yeah. That James Earl Jones was in. Was he? Yeah, he was. James like, Jones. I think he, he did the, the stage. He, yeah, he did the stage play, and then oh. I think Denzel actually wind up going on stage and doing the yep. play as he, well. He did yep. the play before he did the movie. Right, is is my understanding. Yeah, him and Viola Davis, and they both won Tony Awards for it too. I mean, you can't on. go wrong. <laughs> like yeah. that was just. Like, if, they're like, you know what? 
just just take, <laughs> just take it. Yeah, and if I'm not if I'm not <laughs> mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but Denzel comes from the stage as well. Uh, I right? believe so. Yeah. yeah, I know Pacino does. But uh, <laughs> yeah. have you met Viola Davis? I have not. I have not. I wonder. I wonder if that's something that we can make happen somehow. Hmm. That'd be pretty cool. I don't have that connection, but damn yeah. it, I don't. I, 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 listen, I, I achieved some good. I, I made some like connections that surprised me. I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a uh, worst case. I don't meet her, but oh my god, that would be awesome. Her sister. <clears throat> Is, uh, three degrees of separation. Her sister is a teacher at CFO, uh, yep. Central Falls High. Mm. Roberto. Hey. Steam boxer. Hey. Hey, Roberto? Connecting the dots. <laughs> Viola Davis, if you're watching, probably not. But if you're watching, <laughs> I'm going to shake your hand one day. <laughs> that's it. And that's all you. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Who's active brain you would love to like sit down and pick? I mean, you already know who's at the top of the list. Yeah, Pacino, uh, Pacino for sure. Um, but if I had to pick somebody else, um, Robert Downey Jr. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, R. D. J. Yeah, like he's yeah he's he's got tremendous range too. Oh, absolutely. He's he's another great actor and. Ugh. Like, have you ever seen uh, his Charlie Chaplin biopic from nineteen ninety two? I wanted to so bad. It's it's excellent. I, I know he killed it in that. Like, I, yeah. I I watched. I don't know if it was like some weird YouTube documentary that I stumbled across. Like, you know, people just put together and stuff about RDJ, and I'm like, cool. Because um, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the kid by Charlie Chaplin. Yep. Like the actual, and Charlie Chaplin was a force to be reckoned with himself. Right. Um. So it's just I can. I can just imagine if RDJ took on that role and everything. Unless I'm just grateful that uh, he overcame that chapter in his life that uh, he no longer needs to talk about and is just doing big things. He's when I saw him in Oppenheimer, I was like, "That's RDJ." <laughs> I knew he was gonna be in it, but I was just like, "Okay, what?" Because like, all right, um, I did see what was it? It was due date. Oh yeah, he was Where's great that? in that. He was great. Oh my god, that movie had me. He was still Tony Stark in that movie, in a sense. <laughs> like in a sense, yes. he was still Tony yeah. Stark because he was playing like... the Playboy. Yeah, he, yeah. he was a Playboy. So was it? He... So, but it's that that movie that had movie me rolling is. from beginning to end. Because I mean, like, who would have thought to put RDJ and Zach Galifianakis in the same thing? And it's just, Zach Galifianakis they... is hilarious, and then RDJ is witty, and then it's just like. Have fun. Go. <laughs> and I think that's what they did. Have you ever had a, had a moment where, where it was like the director just said, all right, this is what it is. Have fun in improv. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've had that moment yet. No. Because usually. Yet. Yet. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for it to happen and I'm ready for it to happen. But I think it's, it's something that's probably going to happen further down the line when we're on bigger budgets and less time restraints. Right, because uh, on an indie budget, it's like, all right, you get two takes. Make okay. it look good. <laughs> so on a serious note, how did the SAG after strike affect you? Me, personally, it actually didn't affect me too much um, because, A, I'm non-union. Most of the stuff I do already is indie anyways mm -hmm. um, because, obviously, the SAG after strike was against like the Motion Picture Association. Right. Um, so anything indie was clear and good to go. And then also, 
I was getting ready for a Palladian, like, during while the strike was happening. So I wasn't going to be able to do anything anyways. God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you should do both. <laughs> Indeed. And, and and speaking of like your experience on like on film and on stage, um, uh, have you ever given any thought to doing any voice acting? Mm-hmm. Yes, actually, um, and a a good, really 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 close friend of mine, uh, he got into voice acting. I think right before the pandemic or right at the start of it, um, somewhere along those lines. And he's killing it right now. And he's always yelling at me to get into voice acting. So there's definitely plans on that, doing audiobooks. Like that's I'm looking to do some audiobooks, looking to do some voice acting. There's a, a portable booth and then there's a microphone on my Amazon wish list. So it's just a matter of uh, getting the funds and finding the space. So that's that's coming down the line too. Nice. Let me get you like a GoFundMe or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Got to save the GoFundMe for the biggest ask, um, you know, so that I can just, just. If I only ask one time for something, I'm more likely to get it. So, um, you know, I'm saving it, saving it. Yeah. No, not I'm not knocking that one at all. <laughs> yeah. We need to find this man a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> really good manager, agent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, I said, that must that must be a huge headache, like finding like the right manager agent, um, that you know that whole team, you know that yeah. whole team. Yeah, because you have to right is is the contract exclusive, non exclusive? Are you actually gonna find me work? Like if it's an exclusive contract and you're not doing anything for me, now I'm I'm screwed. I'm just shit out of luck because. You're not doing anything for me. We're on an exclusive contract. Now I gotta get attorneys involved, mm-hmm. and it's like, ugh. Um, so definitely, you know, in the uh, early stages of of getting an agent or manager, um, definitely looking for those non-exclusives, so that I don't have to worry about that. It's like, give me three agents. I don't care because the only one that's getting paid is the one that got me the role. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So how how would like an inspire like somebody who just Who's like just starting out? How how would they go about that? So the very first thing is do a lot of student films um, to get demo reel material. Um, build the demo reel if that means student films, shooting your own content. Do all of it. Um, student films are hit or miss because it's like sometimes you'll get the ninety nine percent of the time you'll get the students. You'll email them, hey, we finished filming. Can I get my footage? Mm-hmm. Crickets. Never hear from them again never get your footage it's like uh and then sometimes you get lucky and they're like yeah i'll send it to you right now cool thank you Mm -hmm. um but definitely build up a demo reel um you know build up that resume by doing stuff like student film because those naturally student films are going to be easier to book than like some kind of like a co-star or anything like that um networking is a big part like you mentioned i've done a lot with vega um you know so if you find your uh network of people that you guys can collaborate build a team and just make your dreams come true because mm-hmm. at the end of the day it it takes a village it really does and and yeah. if you can find the right team you're going to get further in life um and that's that's i think that's going to be the biggest key is finding the right team that's like yeah let's shoot this you can shoot it get your stuff put together a demo reel cool then you got to do your research right because it's it's going to depend on what area you want to be in like some people represent in new york some people represent in florida some people represent both um so finding like on imdb you can actually 
go through their database of agents, um, which is something I did recently. One of my goals for 2024 is to have an agent. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working on. I went on IMDb, looked up the agents, made a spreadsheet, like, okay, this is this is the agency. This is how many people they represent. This is their star meter on IMDb because it has to kind of, right? Like, I'm not going to have my star meter and then apply for an agency that has a star meter of, like, seven, which is, like, really good, mm-hmm. right? Compared to me, who's, like, for all intents and purposes, a nobody, um, they're going to be like, and you are. Mm-hmm. So find somebody... Find, I'm, I look for agencies that uh, are comparative in star ratings and then just kind of going to move up the ladder that way. Um, but IMDb is a great resource. Um, other actor friends, which is coming back to the networking thing, um, which brings us back to the business thing, right? Like, just got to keep building on that. Um, and those, those are going to be the key things. Um, and also follow... <laughs> For the love of God and all that is holy, follow their instructions. <laughs> because people think that sending agents unsolicited emails, when the website says do not send unsolicited emails, is going to get them that agent. Like, you heard the story once from one person. That that was the exception to the rule. All right? They are going to completely ignore your email. They are busy people. And if you send unsolicited email, it's going to go in their junk box with every other unsolicited email they're getting. So, who are some uh, local actors or actors that you have worked with, that you have worked with that you that you would want to say, listen, look out for this person? Or Bryce Jones, Logan Raposo. Um, let me see. Ari Brisbane. Those. Oh. And then uh, an actress, Alicia Wright. Those are those are gonna. I, I kind of want to let me let me see if I can get a fifth one, top five. Make it a just make it better for my brain. Um, if I had to say one more, look out for this person. Somebody somebody's gonna listen to this and yell at me later, but. I, I we're we're gonna leave it at four. Okay. We're gonna leave it at four. <laughs> they're all from Rhode Island. Uh Ari Brisbane's from Rhode Island. Uh Logan is from Massachusetts. He uh, close enough though. Yeah. Uh Bryce is originally from Connecticut. And Alicia is New York. Um but I and I know you said local, but man, these these four they're just no, no, local, local enough. Right? Local enough. Hop, skip, yeah. hop, skip, jump away. Yeah. But listen, if you if you watch these guys, they they are phenomenal. And every time I'm on set with them, I get better. So, okay. who's uh, a dream actor that you would love to collaborate with? Oh, other man. than Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> Who would I love to collaborate with? Let's see. I mean, I gotta say Viola Davis because she's from Rhode Island. Um, so I definitely gotta throw that in there. Like, just just bring bring that Rhode Island power. Um, who else? And a big part of me wants to say Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm. No, I'm not mad at that at all. I would like to see a. B 
big budget Rhode Island film, but like it has to like tell a real like Rhode Island story. Because, you know, Vic has always said that Rhode Island is like, Rhode Island is the best kept secret of the arts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Creative capital. Yeah. yeah. And I just feel like there are a lot of stories here that can't, that should be told. Yeah. That can be told with the right, with the right people, but it has to be, it has to be Rhode Island. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And I think, I think I th- big issue, right, is like, I feel like A, we're not. Or not we, but the the state is not really pushing the arts like it once used to. I mean, like, how can we have one of the top art schools in the world? Not the yeah. not just the country or the state, but the world. Like, people fly overseas to go to RISD Correct. and talk about it. Um, and not have downtown just be a vibrant art scene. Mm. Um, like, that's just something that needs to happen. And then I'm, I'm just... Oh, I get so passionate talking about the arts, but <laughs> no, you're correct. But, but I think a lot of politics gets in the way, especially That's... like with with PVD Fest and how drastically listen, that changed. Listen, all right, I have a bone to pick with uh, Mayor Smiley because if he was doing this to make it, if if he he's go ahead, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I actually I actually have a funny story to tell. Um, because you know they changed the date, right. which already is like it's been the same date for th- three years. Yeah. Why are you changing it now? And then a week before the event, it's like, oh, we we uh, decided not to do block parties and this and that because we want to make it more arts forward. If that's the case, you would have said it from the beginning, mm-hmm. not now when everybody's yelling at you. And uh, somebody, I'm, I'm gonna get heat for this down the line. But I was uh, getting ready to board the train to go film Nico. So I was at Amtrak. Who walks in? Mayor Smiley. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing him talk to this other older gentleman, and they're talking about PVD Fest. And they're talking about, yeah, people are mad, but like, what do they know? Um, like, oh, it's, we know a festival uh, that's ours. Yeah, <laughs> right? Know. We know and how I'm, we. I'm hearing, and I'm just like, my blood is starting to boil at everything they're saying because it's just like very like politics. And I'm just like, I should talk to this man. But I can't because my blood is boiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, oh, so <laughs> Southside Anderson would have came out. Yeah, it would not have been a uh, constructive conversation. <laughs> but I would I would love to sit down with him and be like, Yo, where is your thought process at? And I, my biggest bone to pick is I went to a debate that they had at the Southside Community Center uh, when everybody was running for mayor um, with, you know, him, Gonzalo, and then I forget who the lady was that was running for mayor. She she was... Never the fortune. Her. Um, I kind of I figured she wasn't going to win when she showed up like an hour late. <laughs> but no, it's like, you know, because it was supposed to be about... Uh, the arts and that kind of thing, but Brett Smiley kept bringing it back to schools. And then, okay, you can bring it back to schools, but if we're talking about arts, you can still intertwine that with more art funding for our programs. Yeah. But he never went that route. And I'm, I, I knew from that moment, 
I was like, if he gets elected, we're not getting the art we want. Mm-hmm. Like you can just you can just tell, and of course that's exactly what happened. It's a shame. No, it, no, it definitely is. It definitely is because like I I grew up in the arts, like break dancing back in the day and stuff. All the drawing I used to do and stuff. Like mm-hmm. those I I grew up in art. Yep. And art programs, mm-hmm. you know, those things. It it's so easy to get into all the negative stuff. Yep, art programs save lives. They do. Yeah, they really do, and it's it's it's, it's awful. Yeah, and they're just like, nope, learn geometry. <laughs> yeah, it's like not everybody can, and everybody can or wants to be a STEM major. Yeah, you know? I still, like I said, it's twenty. I've been out of high school for twenty one years. Still haven't used algebra. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild time, man. It's a wild time. Chris Revel says, what's up? Hey. hey <laughs> what's up, Chris? Shout out to Chris. Yo, that's a good dude, man. He's a great yeah. dude, yeah. Him and Nathan. Oh, and uh, oh, I have a, oh, we also, one of, the, one of the things that we also engage with with our guests is uh, a game called This or That, Uh-oh. which is uh, inspired by uh, uh, Jamel Hill. Her podcast, Jamel Hill is Unbothered, where we give you two choices and you have to pick one so there can be no fence sitting. You can, it can be one or the other. Like your life depends on it. Your cousin yells at me. <laughs> he used to yell at me so much. For Why fences. did you? You stayed on the fence? Yeah, because I see. Because I have a tendency to look at things from both, from two different, from both points. So you got to go with the gut. Yeah, it's hard at times. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand, but. Yeah. I'm all for it. Bring it. All right. So, yeah. Um, so, if we're talking about um, actors, um, putting Pacino aside. Oh, um, <laughs> I thought that was going to be an easy one. <laughs> um, Robert De Niro or Jack Nicholson? Oh. I'm giving it to De Niro. I'm giving it to De Niro. I'm going to go with Jack because I've seen more. I've never seen crazy De Niro. Oh, De Niro's been crazy. I'm sure he has, but I just, I haven't seen it. But I feel like De Niro has also just, like, done more in terms of range. Yeah, that's that's fair. Like, uh, I'll say, like, uh, The Untouchables and um, his 1991 remake of Cape Fear. Those are where he played two crazy roles, especially Cape Fear. Oh, my God. And how do you go from Heat to The Intern? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, he did do Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. And, and shout out I think that was just for him. That was just, I think Dirty Grandpa was just him. Like, just you know what? I need something to do, and this looks like it could be fun. No, nah, I think it was more of him like, yeah, I'm behind on my taxes. I gotta do something. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he going through a divorce at that time, too? Oh, I don't know, but him and Pacino are competing to see who can have kids at the oldest age, apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is true. You know what? Get yours. <laughs> Get yours. I, I, I will say shout outs to your cousin Aris because uh, he reviewed Dirty Grandpa. Oh, oh my god! But he was oh, a part of it, our podcast. Oh my god! I can't remember. It was an early episode. Oh, it was a two digit episode. I'm gonna tell you that. Yeah. But oh my god, he hated that movie. Yeah, he did. I mean, I. I saw the trailer and that was all I needed to see. 
I, I, I could just wasn't, remember how angry he was. Wasn't Zac Efron in that? Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> he played the Grinch. <laughs> he did. He certainly did. <laughs> that sounds like a wild time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, round two, round two. Round two, okay. Um, let's see who we got. Uh, uh, Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg for directors? Mm. I'm going to lean to Scorsese. I'm going to go Spielberg. Mm. I'm going to go with Scorsese as well. I love Spielberg, but... But if you had to pick one, I mean... Yeah, I got to go Spielberg. <laughs> I got to go Spielberg. Like, nothing against Scorsese. I just feel like, from what I've seen, I think Spielberg experiments more. Whereas, like, it seems like to me, like, Scorsese just has, like, a niche. Um, well, not necessarily say a niche. Like, of course, he does, does a lot of like you know, like mob films. But he also yeah. he also go, go, he, every now and then he he goes off the beaten path. Like Age of Innocence, it's like a period piece from like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I just silence. I just feel like I feel like Spielberg <clears throat> does more with that aspect. Yeah, he he does he covers that's, more. That's genres. fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, let me see. I should, I, should, I, should, I should have thought about this more ahead of time, but um, it, I like it when they're on the fly. Like I get, <laughs> like I hate the whole when you got to think about it. So there's that dead air on podcast, which is like kind of like, oh, that's that's bad. Mm. As a DJ, it's just bad. <laughs> but like, um, but yeah, it's just like, but it's just uh, when it's on the fly, it's a little more genuine and it's more fun. Yeah, indeed. Um, you can always make it sound better for the audio later. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Right, I'm gonna ask this one before it gets asked to me. Yeah. Uh, who do you guys think did the better Sherlock Holmes, RDJ or Benedict Cumberbatch? I haven't seen either one. Mm. Oh, oh, <laughs> I haven't seen either one. You haven't seen either one. Oh, you got it. They're they're both really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like two two different takes to the to the to the character. Yeah. Um. I guess I'll go with uh, I'll go with Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, because I kind of I, I kind of appreciated like because his felt more like uh like taking like the Sherlock Holmes of like old and put, put putting it in today. It was setting. definitely a modernized Sherlock, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. It was a phenomenal show. Yeah, whereas like Robert Downey Jr.'s character take was 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 good, but it was like more like it was kind of it's kind of like more more stylized, I suppose. Mm. Um, if that makes sense, like yeah, yeah, because it was it was you know it was actually a, a period piece if you really think about it and is, is more canonical than everything. What I think is bonkers is that it's like you got an American to play one of the most iconic English characters to ever exist. Right. So kudos to him for that. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm coming for that too. So <laughs> I'm going to throw a third one in. Will Ferrell. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> I got so mad when I saw that child. What are you doing? That's why I bombed at the box office. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Let's talk about that. Um, uh, oh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio or Matt Damon? Oh, oh Leo! I'll go Leo! Yeah. I'll go with DiCaprio as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with DiCaprio, but I, I could see a case being made for Matt Damon. But I'm gonna go with DiCaprio. Yeah, cause Matt Damon was Jason Bourne. I still haven't seen, you know, Leo do any real, like, action movies like that. But he really doesn't need to because I love Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street like a 
Yeah, I love, love that movie. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street is, is incredible. And I enjoyed Romeo and Juliet when I was younger. Yeah, that movie still holds up. Like uh, it's Shakespeare, how can it not? Yeah, like like, <laughs> like, like, Baz, like like Baz Luhrmann, like his take his take was inspired, like just using like the exact dialogue from Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare's dialogue, and just putting it in our modern LA setting. Yeah, yeah. and I so. enjoy and I enjoyed that very much of it. That was that was I think. That, that's that was a great thing to do for I, it's really fine I, I always laugh when like somebody mentions Shakespeare and people go eh. right and it's <laughs> you know how much Shakespeare is in like everything, everything. you watch <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah, I mean, it's, listen that's another goat right there yeah. Shakespeare yeah did you do Shakespeare yeah oh. Oh, have you in movie that? or film um <laughs> if, if I've done Shakespeare I've done it on stage Oh, well, which which uh, plays have you done? Uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, here's one. Speaking of Shakespearean actors, uh, Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen? Oh, that's just a, why not put them two best friends against each other? All right, I'm gonna go with oh. Ian Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh. tough. I'm 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 gonna go with Ian McKellen. Fun yeah. fact, because Ian McKellen also plays Sherlock Holmes. That's right. Excuse he, me, Sir he, Ian McKellen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they're the both sirs. they're both yeah. sirs, yes. Yeah, yeah uh, Mr. Holmes. Yep, that was a that was a very good movie. Yeah, I need to go back and watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Ian, Sir Ian, mm-hmm. on the strength of his performance in The Da Vinci Code, mm. which is one of my like top ten movies. Mm. Um, have you read the book? I have. Uh, and if you had to compare the two, well, I guess I should ask first. I, I should ask which one did you do first? Probably watch the movie first, right? I watched the movie first. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched the movie first. Um, I, got, I got the DVD and the book back at home, but I haven't watched it and I haven't read it. Oh, you! I enjoy both. I enjoy. I definitely enjoy both, but I would. I would go with the movie. Okay. Okay. Oh, and oh, speaking of Ian McKellen, have you ever seen Gods and Monsters? No, I have not. Yeah, it's a great movie. It came out in '98. It was it also co-stars Brendan Fraser, and uh, and Ian McKellen plays uh, the, the film director James Whale, who directed Frankenstein. Yeah, it's, it's really good. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely check it out. Gods and Monsters. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. I have a lot of movies that I have to catch up on. <laughs> Don't you get no, then, then do, do yourself a favor. Do not ask this man for a list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if, if you follow my Instagram, just my name. Just do that. Royal. Just do that. <laughs> I, the list is on his Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Pretty I, much. I post films from my collection like like almost on a daily basis. So you'll, you can find plenty of recommendations there. Um, ooh, here's another one uh, for this or that for actresses. Uh, Kate Blanchett or Meryl Streep. Mm. Oh. You gotta go Meryl just because of the longevity. Yeah, Meryl. I'm going actually, with Meryl. The longevity. I actually go with Kate Blanchett for this one. Yeah. And I and I love Meryl Streep, especially Sophie's Choice. That's that was that's a hell of a performance. Um, but Kate Blanchett, like she's like she's been in a few so-so movies, but there has never been a bad like Meryl. Streep, uh, well, same with Meryl Streep, but that there has never been a bad Kate Blanchett performance. Like like her movie, the most recent movie she did, Tar. It's, it's like it's almost three hours but it is phenomenal like if you're looking like a study in acting that's one you should definitely check out yeah where she plays this like this narcissistic um 
um, symphony uh, or this, this conductor. Yeah, it's like a it's like a fascinating character study. It's like it's like you, she, you find her, you find her loathsome, but you also empathize with her at the same time. Uh, and know? that's always yeah. wild when an actor yeah. can make you do that. So, oh, I hate you, but I love you. Actually, <laughs> you know, I do want to do want to ask you this: What are your thoughts on method acting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of thoughts on. That. I don't. I I can see why people have done it. I think it's dangerous. Um, like because there's a there's this psychologist that I've seen on TikTok, and she she broke it down because she's basic. She's a I, th- I think she's like a therapist for actors specifically or something mm. along those lines. And she was talking about how our brain does this thing where we're like acting like we are something. It doesn't differ. The brain doesn't differentiate between imaginary and real. So when we're doing it, the, like we believe our brain believes it's real. So could you imagine doing something that makes your brain think it's real nonstop, even when you're offset? Like the damage that that could cause, mm. and like you're gonna become a different person every time. How are you supposed to live a life? Mm. Because you you lose yourself in yourself. As weird as that sounds to say, but yeah, but it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah. Yeah, kind of makes you think of like why uh, Daniel Day Lewis did so few roles like um, in the span in the span of his career. Like he's actually retired now. Um, yeah, but like you think about like how he perform, how he pr- prepares for like his roles like um, My Left Foot, um, Gangs of New York, Lincoln, and nice. There Will Be Blood. Lincoln, I'm actually interested into like learning how he prepared himself for that role. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Like just how he decided to, on the voice of Lincoln. Like he just read like descriptions on like how how he sounded, and he just based it on that. And it, it's phenomenal. I actually came across like a YouTube video of like how, like how all the presidents, like the, you know, obviously the ones who are like no longer with us, and before like audio recording and stuff, like how their voices would have sound. Yeah, and they said like Daniel Del, Daniel Day loses portrayal was like probably the most accurate it was pretty like high-pitched in a sense yeah oh yeah that's crazy. that's always crazy to think about it's like hey back in time this is probably what they would have sound like and we can tell you that because of this this and this mm. and it just blows my mind yeah and and also too like um going back a little to like the method acting thing like um like i, I remember watching an interview with bob odenkirk uh, on, on hot ones mm-hmm. and uh, and he mentioned like how um doing performing better call Saul uh where where like originally like he th- like originally he like he like uh, like people people asked him like what was it like to play such like a like a dark role or like like or uh, continuously starring like a, like a dark series and at first like he didn't think think too much of it because he did breaking bad but then he's like when you're when you're continuing to inhabit that character day in and day out episode after episode it's like you know those lingering feelings that you have to draw from. Like it stays with you, um, yeah. even involuntarily. And it's like that's where like you know you have to end up doing therapy for a little bit just to like get that washed. Uh, yeah. yeah, Michael <laughs> B. Jordan. Had, Michael B. Jordan. He, he went about it right way. He chose to go to therapy. Yeah. Well, after after Killmonger. Killmonger yeah. Yeah. Because like he went into like he went into like seclusion, just read like nothing but like uh, Marcus Garvey and. A lot of you know revolutionary book you know books right. on revolution stuff and yep. like he drove himself and what's what is what baffles me is is like he was filming Creed around the same time. Oh, that's right. Oh. 
So how was he <laughs> able to like balance those two personalities? Yeah. Like at the same time. Like it he, must have been exhausting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mentally and physically. Yes. Mm. In, indeed. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's incredible like what the lengths that an actor could could, could go in, in a role and, and, and how far they can take it. Yeah. Oh, and um let me think of one more. Um like this will this would be like a broad one. Um okay. dedicated to one of my favorite actors because he's so fascinating. Uh, favorite Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to say National Treasure because I watched it in class, so you know it took us out of uh, having to sit there and listen to the teacher. So I have good memories, good fond memories of National Treasure, and it was a fun watch. Yeah. <laughs> fun fact is because of National Treasure that they couldn't make um, the lost symbol, the Dan Brown lost symbol book. That's that's in the same time. That's in this. That's in lines with like Da Vinci Code and Angels. And oh. They couldn't make it because the basic it was basically national, national treasure. treasure. <laughs> and then they made it to a show, and I watched one episode of it, and I was like, yeah, no. Yeah, if it's because if it's supposed to be a movie, it's supposed to be a movie, right? Like, yeah. uh, for example, 12, 12 Monkeys. Yep. They try to make it into a TV show, and it just I don't know how long it went, but I don't think it went very long because mm. we're already used to the movie. Yeah. Right. Let me see. Favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Lord of War. Mm, that's a that's an excellent one. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't say like, like like Nicolas Cage like he's I find him so fascinating because like because he's done a lot of he's done a lot of great movies but he also he's also done a lot of terrible ones but <laughs> no matter with the quality of the film he gives a hundred and ten percent every time as every actor should yeah absolutely yeah. I would <laughs> hope every actor will give like, me hundred percent of the movie like like I'll, I'll give you an example like uh, one of the, the depending on what what you consider good or bad um, one of the wildest Nicolas Cage roles I've seen is his remake of The Wicker Man. Just, just YouTube the Wicker Man, Nicholas Cage, or the, or the Wicker Man, two thousand five, and it's just like there's like a several several YouTube clips where it just cuts cuts together clips of the greatest clips of like his performance in that one movie, and man, you'll you you will just double over laughing because like it's like how, how could I, how could I describe it? There there was one scene where he's in a bear costume, he walks up to uh, uh, I guess like a nun. Punches her dead in the face. <laughs> no, no dialogue. Just runs up, just walks up to this nun in his full bear costume, clocks her in the face, and that's it. No context. No context for that scene. It just happens. And and I've never gotten around to seeing like the the remake because I've seen the original. I haven't seen the remake yet with Nicolas Cage, but I I, I want to see the whole thing. I think I have to see the whole thing. If it's on Tubi, I will sit down and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a bear punched a nun. You have to. You kind, yeah. You kind of have to. You kind of sold me on. Yeah, right. Like, what's going on? That was it called huh? Wicker Man. Yeah, The Wicker Man, two thousand five. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I will say like um, uh, a favorite Nicolas Cage uh, movie that I highly recommend. It came out in twenty twenty one. It's called Pig. Yeah, I remember you reviewed that. And Nicholas Cage, he plays this uh, this guy who has this his beloved pig. He lives in a he lives in a forest, and his his pig like hunts for truffles, which he sells on the black market. And then one day, um, some some near dwells come and kidnap his pig, and then it's up to him to track down the people who who kidnapped him. And and what follows is like this 
really fascinating character study because where you learn about more of his background like he used to be like this gourmet chef and like he's starting to reemerge into the world and you like you see his dialogue and like his philosophy on life and like cooking and yeah it's 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 really intriguing i, th- I think it's still on it's it may still be on hulu but Ooh, yeah it's called, i love hulu yeah <laughs> it, it's called pig i pig. highly recommend that movie it sounds, it, it sounds like a like a more tame John Wick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like 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 it has a setup where it could go like John Wick Pig Edition, but it goes a whole other John whole Mike other Pig Edition, we, whole other direction. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but Keanu's probably down for it. <laughs> oh, I, I love those John Wick movies. Though. Although I, although I I really think they should stop at four. They should have stopped at three, but because like too much of a good thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. What but. was the movie that you reviewed a long time ago? And it was something about like a chicken woman. Or oh, freaks! Yeah, that was an old movie. Like, uh, yeah, and you have like I re- we was doing the podcast. I looked it up right then and there, and I was like freaked out. <laughs> I need to show. I need to show a list of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, uh, directed by Todd Browning. Came out in 1932, I think. It's called. It's a movie called Freaks, and it was controversial for its time because it showed like you know actual like deformed people as like cir- traveling circus freaks. Oh yeah, and um, like the 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 climax of the film is that there's this woman who gets transformed into a human chicken. And so I look up chicken what, woman. What does that even mean? A human chicken. I, I was unprepared when I saw it. It, it, it freaked me out for like a he week. He told me about it and I was unprepared. Yeah, I I was like, damn, I, I, this is not what I expected from this old, nearly 100-year-old movie. Okay, the, I'm, the magic of cinema. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like processing this. Human chicken. What does that... Yeah. Yeah, it's... I, <laughs> I'm just going to do it. It might exist. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Yeah, it may very well be exactly what you're thinking. God damn it. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go on my phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, man. Um, um, oh, uh, oh, actually, actually, you know what? Um, since, since we're, as Carl's looking it up, we, we, can, we, can, we can wrap this up with this, with this one final thing. Um, uh, since, 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 since we're all, since you all have favorite movies, um, off the top of your dome, uh, top five favorite movies of all time. Movies that you can go to over and over again and you it feels new every time you watch it. It's oh, that's easy. Coming to America. That's one. That's one. <laughs> Is this like Dylon, Dylon, Dylon coming to America? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Top five. Okay, Coming to America is my all-time favorite movie. Um... Coming to America or Coming to America? Coming to America. Right, 1987? Right. <laughs> 80, I think it was 88. 88. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Although the, the sequel was good. Didn't need it. Wasn't bad. And yeah. very, and it was actually Nostalgia like, bait. Yeah, nostalgia bait, but very intelligently written, I will say that. Um, American Gangster. Okay. The Da Vinci Code. Ah. Mm. Uh, so far, yep. Hereditary, not at all. <laughs> no, no. Barbarian was really good. Oh, that was good. That was really good. I was like, and I'm hard. staying at a. Here's the thing. I'm staying at an Airbnb this week. <laughs> yeah, make sure, make sure, make sure you 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 stay away from the basement. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I'll probably be much safer. I'm going to Philly. 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, like if you happen to wander like in like a basement level apartment or no, something. No. If you see if you see like an extra room that nope. shouldn't be there with a camcorder and a dirty mattress, nope. you said, just, you said, just get your money. Get your money back. Nope. You go you're going to Philly for the weekend? Yeah. You gonna catch you gonna catch the game of your rivals? Mm. No, they play uh, Seattle this week. Yeah, but uh, oh, am I going to a Philly? Yeah, yeah, they're facing my guys. Wait, who are you guys? Forty Niners. I respect it. I respect it. Um, let's see. So, if I if I had to guess your last two movies, uh, MCU, MCU. Endgame will be one of them, and uh, and yeah, I'll put Endgame four because that that's that's how you close. Um, yeah. Number five would be you know what? Because I'm always such a nerd for the subject matter, Titanic. Okay, yeah. Valid, Titanic valid, film. valid. Uh, for me, in no particular order, uh, Inception, Sherlock Holmes, The Game of Shadows. Um, that's Benedict, right? Nope, that's that's RDJ. Okay. Benedict, Benedict is a show. Okay. Um, oh, let me see. What else? What else? What else? What else? I, <clears throat> so I'm going to answer this, and I'm going to be in the car and be like, damn it! <laughs> that, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> um... Um, let's see what's another one that I can go back to see because I'm more of a TV show guy too what's a good movie oh this is off yeah yep that's the human chicken yeah yeah (laughs) that's not what I was expecting at all yeah (laughs) but I don't know what I was expecting exactly (laughs) That's the fun of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just fucked them all. <laughs> Going back to the movies, I think. I'll send, uh, you, I'll, I'll send, you, I'll send you the link to the <laughs> Oh, that was a wild time. Oh, okay. I got to throw Lion King on there. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Let me see. 1994. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I appreciate That's what the they one. tried to do, but. But they just gonna keep messing up. Um, what is that? Three? That puts me at three. Uh, yep. Oh, man. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> what, babe? What movies do I? <laughs> <laughs> right. She was not paying attention. <laughs> I mean, number before Christmas is up there for sure. Um, and then for number five, he's Ventura. <laughs> but that is one that I can just throw on. And oh yeah, that's. Watch. Don't, no, don't knock it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I that's, that's top. That's top ten Ventura. replayability for sure. It's top ten replayability for sure. Uh, but if I uh, number five in top five, well, or fifth in top five. In no particular order. See, because I know there's one in my head that I want to say, but it's just not. E.T.? No. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say. Little Giants. Pulp no. Fiction. Django Unchained. 
That one was really good. Yeah. I did enjoy Django. And Django. <laughs> Not sure that I can watch it more than twice, yeah. to be honest. Hateful Eight was really good too, but don't know if I can watch that more than Kingsman. Kingsman. Okay. Kingsman. Let's go with Kingsman. Okay. Uh, man. If for nothing else, just the church scene. <laughs> 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 the wonder in that church scene was, it was it was glorious. It was. Yeah. It was glorious. Um, let's see. And as for me, uh, my my top five favorite films: uh, Do the Right Thing. In, in no particular order, uh, oh. do the right thing. Okay. Uh, Rear window. Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, that was that's a good love, one. Love that. That movie. is a good one. Um, Moonlight. Love Moonlight. Um, let's see. Uh, hmm. Let's see. I'll throw in. I've always. Lo- I'll throw in Heat. Yes. Yeah, oh, he, yes. Al Pacino, Robert yes. That see, that should have been in in my list of five. Yeah, that's yeah, all 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 time great. And yeah. uh, fifth movie, um, I'm gonna go with uh, and this this movie's stayed with me since I've seen it. Um, it's it's an un, it's an unconventional film, but I love it. The Tree of Life. Yeah, you can roll your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, see. Yeah. I, I probably would have had my five quicker, but I was also trying not to just have it be like Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the the craziest thing about Heat, I feel like too, was it's the first time, despite them being like the best of friends, it was the first time that De Niro and Pacino shared a scene together. Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm really surprised you have not thrown in Lawrence of Arabia. And I know that's that's your like one of your all time favorites. Oh, I love that film, but it's yeah. number, but it's sixth. Yeah, it's probably it's probably sixth. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and it looks incredible in four K. Like if you see it in four K on an OLED television, it's like seeing it in the theater. Three hundred episodes ago, nope, nope. My ten eighty p looks just. Fine. <laughs> he got hit with a four K, and he's like. This these like he can't watch TV any other way. <laughs> I, I really can't. <laughs> I guess he just didn't know what he was missing out on. We've gotta... been we've been trying to tell him for years. Mm-hmm. They have brought you into the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was wrong. You know, the shows I will say one of them in recently is This Is Us, and I was just really like as the holidays was coming, I was like, Yo, I missed the Pierces. You know what? I finally got around to watching What's that? Snowfall. Oh, on FX. Yeah, I've heard that was a good yeah. show. I've heard on Hulu, yeah, it's all on Hulu now. So I'm oh. I'm binging it now that nobody's talking about it, which is great. Nice. <laughs> and, um, well, yeah. and speaking of television shows, I know you mentioned This Is Us. Um, any other shows you'd recommend? Like a top three. Top three television shows. <sighs> I have to pick three. Uh, obviously, Sherlock with Benedict mm-hmm. Cumberbatch. Like yeah. that goes without saying. Um, I'm not gonna say Elementary just for the sake of versatility. Um, I haven't finished it, but Handmaid's Tale, the writing is phenomenal. Mm. Um, and three, let's see. I, I want to say La Casa de Papel, which is Money Heist, but I'm hesitant to. I started watching that and I was enjoying it, but I think like something else came out. And then it's just now in my back. <laughs> definitely, definitely give it a watch. That one was um, I was into yeah. that. Yeah. So it it, it kind of does this thing where like season one phenomenal, season two phenomenal, season three they kind of dipped a little. Season four is like okay, you're coming back up and then ended perfect. 
and they, I think they did a season five, or they're about to do a season five. But they either did a season five and are about to do season six, or are about to do season five. I don't remember which one, but they're about to come up with a new season, and it kind of pisses me off because it's like you guys had the perfect ending, and you're just gonna keep going. But I get it. If it brings in money, they're gonna keep doing it. Um, I just hope that it's better. I mean, the way that they're promoting it so far is like they they put the flyer up with the professor, and it's like it's not over until I win. So. And then his brother got a spinoff show, um, but I'm I'm just hesitant to say it because of the roller coaster it takes you on. Of this is yeah. great, oh this is not that good. This is great, oh this is not that great. Um, so so that's that that's probably gonna be like right under three. Because um, I want to let me see what have I recently watched? TV show, TV show, TV show. If for my three, why are you thinking? For my three, I would say, and that, thanks for giving me time to think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in no particular order, This Is Us, um, Sons of Anarchy, hmm. and based on based on impact, on pop culture impact, Game of Thrones. Fuck that show. Listen, what he said. No, I, I, totally, I get the anger. I no, get the anger, but you cannot deny this, the power that that show has. I will never understand why. I watched the first season, and I was like, eh. And then somebody's like, no, 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 give it another chance. For it, me. Was just, probably, just do it. it was probably your cousin. No. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, an, it was a, an actor friend. And uh, I'm like, all right, but I'm not starting over. I'm just going to start from season two. And then they just pissed me off immediately because they had a chance at a beautiful shot. And they just didn't take that opportunity. And they had a really shitty shot. And I was just like, why? I know you have the budget. I know you have the budget. Yeah, they, No, trust me. I know they messed up in the last uh, in the last few seasons, but it's just the, the pace, last two. The, but it's just, but you cannot deny like. Oh, no, not at all. It, it, you can't deny like the power pop, that that show had on everybody. The chokehold that it had on us. Yeah, for some reason or other. We was at our TVs. Sunday nights at nine o'clock, we was ready. I don't know what we this were. weed talk is. <laughs> like, um, he, no, he was part of that because I recently went back to this video. What was that? When you wanted my HBO logins, <laughs> <laughs> so I made it, we we did a show, we did a podcast, a wrestling podcast from WrestleMania weekend. So that podcast was like three hours long. So I said, if you want these logins, you have to wear a Nia Jack shirt for the whole show. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he does it man of his word he does it yeah. but then he threw a little he tried to troll me at the end he was talking shit mm-hmm. so I said oh really the big reveal was I was just gonna give him the whole, give him the legacy that <laughs> <laughs> made for a legendary moment I will say that because that moment still holds up yeah yeah Game, Game of Thrones like I'm, I was more angry at myself for falling into the hype of, of that show and then the, the way that eighth, that eighth and final season crashed and burned yeah I'm, 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 I'm gonna be mad at that show forever <laughs> yeah you are you can hold the gr- I'll give it to you you, you hold the grudge yeah but sometimes it's good to let go just let it go it doesn't do no good for you it's been four what four years since that show ended like 2019 not long enough that's all I know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it still hurts Carl no oh trust me it does listen listen to this is us and cry the pain out. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, 
co-sign with me right now? <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, and you would think with how uh, how much of an impact Game of Thrones had on pop culture that there'd be at least one other person in the room. No, I'm not even worried. I'm talking about This Is Us. Oh, oh. Sterling <laughs> K. Brown. I, I heard a lot of good things about this. My brain does this thing, though, where if everybody's talking about it, it just goes, you don't need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to television shows, <laughs> yeah. 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 no, because like, I want to wait until like after all the hype dies down. I'm like, okay, let me let me go to it. And I know see that. For myself. Yeah. This is as the hype is down. But but I will say like um, just to wrap it up here, um, my top three TV shows because uh, we're approaching the two hour mark. Yeah, uh, Breaking Bad, uh, The Wire, and Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes, love that. Absolutely, show. that's a positive. I, I'm making that my number three too. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. Do not disagree at all. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we're at the two hour mark, uh, rounding third headed for home. Uh, uh, Anderson, it's been I great. Yeah, it was a great time being here. Oh, <laughs> I forgot we were doing a podcast. You see that door? You see that door? Yeah. It's open. Yeah. It's Whenever always, you want to come back. Yep. <laughs> Door's always open. Feel free to come back on to the Codex Prime Studios. I will be back. Yeah, chop it up. Have a great time. Maybe we can have other guests on the show. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, before we, before we uh, sign off, um, tell the good people where they can find you. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram at Anderson T. That's A N D E R S S O N T E E. Um, Facebook, first name, last name, Anderson Tejeda, uh, T-E-J-E-D-A. Um, IMDB, you know, help me get that star meter yep. going. Search me on IMDB, see what I've done, what I'm going to do, because, you know, they put stuff in there that's in pre-production as well. Um, so get in the know. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are those are the big three. You know, engage, interact, shoot me a DM. I respond. Yeah. Social media. Yes. <laughs> right on, right on. I don't like to be anti-social on social media. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's those are the places uh, you can find me at. Right on. That's what's up. And uh, yeah, you can find our show on Codex Prime Podcast. Uh, Google us. Uh, we're everywhere: SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, um, and wherever you can find podcasts. Just Google us; you'll find us there. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast as well. And shoot us, shoot us, shoot us an email: Codex Prime Podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, there you go. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that wraps it up for this week's episode. Uh, tune in uh, next Tuesday, same Codex time, same Codex channel. Uh, as always, uh, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.